Hello and welcome to another brand new episode of Sports Tales. Uh, this week we are joined once more by Anshuman as we try to review as to what has really gone down in Europe, especially as today we focus on Anshuman. Welcome along once again. Thanks for joining us. And yeah, just just hit it on. Are you excited? Yeah, thanks for having me here. And uh, I'm glad this is over. Like honestly, it's been long. It's been a long, long season. It sounds. It feels like two years in a row because there was no gap between the yeah. COVID and fourth Champions League and this season. So, well, I'm glad this is over. I I honestly I don't really care if Man City won or whatever like I just wanted this one to be over and I want fans back like the last two weeks have been easily the two best two weeks to watch football yeah the home teams are and, winning uh, again Brighton beat Manchester City yeah that too but yeah that that honestly these last like four or five weeks were a procession weren't they like you knew Man City was going to win the championship and. The top four was the only race that was going on. There wasn't even a relegation battle. So England, kind of disappointing, especially when you look at the other European leagues and what went down there. Because, uh, oh like, my uh, God, France! I, there were three I, points between one and three. Uh, Spain, there was one point between one and two, and possibly three points again, four points between one and three, and. Uh, yeah, as always, if you leave apart Bayern, then there was a uh, wrap for a lot of positions in the Bundesliga, and then, mm. and then with Italy, if uh, apart from Inter running it, uh, running away with it, there was still competition for the. Well, but still, they're new champions, so that that oh, counts yes. as something, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like the Juventus's downfall means a lot. Like personally, to me, it meant a lot that, especially after the Super League fiasco, you kind of have an uh, anti agenda against all the Super League clubs. So I'm glad Barca didn't win. I'm glad Real Madrid didn't win. Like I support one of those clubs, so it's hypocritical. But yeah, whatever. Like sue me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay, yeah, but... I I was glad. Like these guys failed, and I was glad Inter won. And I was like, even though they were part of it, but some Syria clubs, I kind of got why they were in it. Like they were they were hemorrhaging money. Like Lukaku hasn't gotten paid for January. Like that's what the news we're getting. So <laughs> like it's a uh, it's uh, it's it's been a good season like from a football perspective but uh, the lack of fans really kills quite a lot of it like it's uh, yeah it really k- killed a lot of it like the enjoyment part of it you lose and you realize how important it is so i think for next season you'll appreciate those parts more yeah but i i feel this season has given me a lot of joy in the sense that yeah the the streak for juventus was broken along with that Every five years, PSG gives us this feeling of, okay, money cannot buy you titles because 2017-2016 Monaco and now 2000-2021 Lille uh, ran away with the title. I mean, it was neck for neck and I'm so glad that, hey, in spite of you having the biggest stars in the world in your team, you, you can't run away with the title. And basically, they have nothing to show for apart from a very uh, domestic trophy that I think... It's on the cards for them to win since the beginning of the season. Um, well, yeah, but, like it's uh, it it's something they win all the time anyway. So what value does it have? Like the problem with PSG is, like I think PSG should be glad about this title race because it makes it engaging. Yeah. Because we know what the situation is there with their broadcasting deal and the amount of money that they've lost in the past season. Like mm-hmm. this title race could be a very good advertisement for uh, Liga and for their long term growth. 
Yeah. And uh, like that's a silver lining that you could see in a season for Fr- France that has been absolutely horrifying in terms of the financial aspects of it. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I PSG should honestly be happy that they kind of lost this title because uh, long term gro- like their long term competitiveness and them growing long term because you can't uh, like that's the biggest barrier that's been for them right they can't mm-hmm. progress in the Champions League because they do not compete. at a domestic level and yeah. they do not face the level of competition that is required to win those kinds of league uh, to win something like that yes. so i think uh, yeah in the short term yeah they, it might be a bit of pain but you can kind of explain that also you can make excuses for that as well like pochettino came in halfway through the season the squad mm-hmm. is always in turmoil because that's just how it's made like that's just what the composition of the squad is so yeah. you kind of get why uh, they didn't win this and like i'm not taking trying to take credit away from lil at all like they were excellent and they yeah. pulled it off in the end yeah. and they were they consistently produced the results when they had to so they dealt with the pressure so good on them yeah i mean the mental the mental strength that you need to pull pull that off uh, in leagues such as in germany or in yeah. in italy or or in france it, it takes a lot of balls for an entire squad to pull this off so good on lil mm. i i hope they they continue with this and i mean liga a has always been like a very competitive one before the the riches of of psg came through yeah. uh, since 2012 so because between 2005 and 2012 there was a new winner every year maybe people would complain that hey we don't want to see you know, we don't want to see a new team winning but what is the what is the alternative to that you get dynasties like psg bayern and juventus do you want that because so yeah like it, that's completely like when when your the day your squad like the schedule is being announced the day you start looking at when this team is going to be crowned champions instead of if who's going to be crowned champions if that the, the question you're asking then it's a failure isn't it from a competitive perspective like uh, it's uh, yeah True. Uh, it's it's been ridiculous to watch in these past few years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so having 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 briefed uh, Liga A very briefly, uh, let's let's jump on to onto the sunnier shine, uh, sunnier side of the continent in in the form of Spain. I really I really thought that Atleti would would bottle this again simply because my my reason being like okay when they have to pull it through. against barcelona it's okay they can do it but this mental uh stand that they cannot pull it through when it comes to real beat in the champions league final in 14 and 16 yeah yeah yeah, yeah you're right and now you're they right, are yeah. breathing yeah they're literally breathing down their necks in the second position so i thought they were going to okay final day they were also uh, a goal down well real were too but uh, you could i could actually sense okay maybe they might not pull it through but but good on simeone that he's finally got one over one over real what what really impressed you about their season because at one point they were nine points clear with two games in hand they should when it was this i thought okay the title is over they 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 should hmm. they should win this uh, on game 32 or game 33 with five games to spare yeah. but jesus for them to take it to right to the last quarter of season yeah really shows how well how, uh, yeah go ahead go ahead go ahead yeah really shows how well real put the pressure even though they've hmm. they've not won a trophy for the first time since 09 or 10 uh 09 10 yeah 
yeah so but yeah uh, real don't have anything to show and atleti are mm. now really uh, ruling over the city of madrid so what impressed you yeah. for this season well uh, first i want to talk a bit about this real madrid team like even yeah. though they might not have won anything but honestly th- this real madrid team was impressive like they were half a squad like after a point like eden hazard is completely useless he hasn't done anything like mm-hmm. the reasons may be like yeah he was injured and he had problems and all that i'm not saying real uh, eden hazard is a waste of money or whatever but yeah. he did not contribute to the season that's yeah. true yeah. we have to own that and mm-hmm. even then like with the other injuries sergio ramos barely played this season and mm-hmm. uh, rafael veran was not close to what he's been at his best even not, then like ramos is not going yeah. to the euros as far as i can read right now so apparently is he not, no, is he not going like really no no i just read it yeah ramos is not going yeah 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 but i kind of get that because of the injuries and the fact that he's not been fit like even real madrid is not offering him a contract so it's kind of in the tea leaves isn't it you can see the pattern This is the end of almost the end of Sergio Ramos by the looks of it. Yeah, it's it's the end of his legacy. Wow. Well, well, yeah. Like if you built a legacy like that, I think kind of uh, it kind of these kinds of things fade out like this only, right? Like after a certain point, you realize, yeah, this guy's just over the hill, and let's just accept that and move on. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, like it happened to Iker Casillas also, didn't it? Like kind yeah. of similar circumstance. Yeah. And uh, on I, I like the Ramos to Euro squad is a whole different discussion. but uh, like in this season i thought i thought real madrid had the stuff of champions like what they were doing they were consistently producing results and zinedine zidane has been so impressive this season as a manager and mm-hmm. i think this has this and last season the one when they won the league and this season he has been these are two of the most impressive managerial feats that he's pulled off okay uh, and that's saying something for a guy who's won three champions leagues already so like i was i was very i i honestly thought real madrid is going to pull through because they were looking like the team that is producing results and kareem benzema was just rolling kareem benzema but, uh, is a ferrari in an f1 okay um that comparison but okay so since you've been so impressed by uh, by zidane and by real and how they are like actually again on this on this bandwagon to like make another dynasty for them in spain why are there rumors that yeah maybe he wants to leave he wants to go to you i think he's gone isn't he gone i think he's done i think he's just exhausted i think it's it's the most taxing job in the world isn't it this and the other dugout like the opposite dugout in uh, in catalonia yeah like these are the two most exhausting jobs in the world so i kind of get why he wants to get out because that, that media pressure and the amount of toxicity that that those media outlets create for a manager It's yeah. it's it's a horrible job to be in. Good on Zidane to be like fuck this, I'm out. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, uh, can I just talk a bit about the Atletico thing, like the actual oh. the, yeah, the title on. winners? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they were uh, first half of the season they were rolling, but I think when you are dependent on Luis Suarez, you kind mm-hmm. of have to accept the fact that because they were overly dependent on him, he's the one who won them twenty one points this season. So yeah. they were there was a very big dependence on uh, luis suarez and those things are going to count against you at times and that's what happened suarez got injured joao felix i can't understand i don't know what's going on there i have no idea how to figure this guy out because at benfica i loved him when he came in yeah. and uh, he was he was doing things that you've not really seen a lot of players ever do and uh, 
after that uh, he came in like start of the season he was combining well with suarez and then second half once he started getting injured he completely lost uh, he lost his place in the starting 11 even last two three games he's come off the bench and he's played and he's not been able to make an impact also so you understand why he's on the bench and uh, i don't know this uh, this atletico team was excellent in the first half of the season they were outplaying their metrics also mm-hmm. and uh, things went back to normal for a bit for them and i think i think simeone said it himself like if if we don't make it hard on us it's we are not going to win this it's like that's just how atletico work yeah like they, they they can't help themselves like they like even an article i was reading they were talking about the fact that they the, there's a there was a huge pressure on them when they were 10 points ahead with a game in hand and like uh, the moment that the thing got cut down and the moment real madrid and barcelona came back into the picture Mm-hmm. the players were talking about how there was a bit of a release for them like they were able to because they were like yeah this situation makes sense to us yeah. and uh, like uh, runaway champions and those kinds of tags didn't really help that squad and i think i think it helps simeone also because he is the, he his mentality works that way he's an underdog man and he's going to like pull through against the harshest of circumstances kind of guy and uh, that's what happened and they pulled through and that it was an excellent final day in la liga so really enjoyed it i mean spoken about uh, uh the city of madrid how do you think the drama is going to be for for barcelona because i just want to point this out that suarez and aguero are the same age but they sold suarez to atletico because they thought yeah because they didn't value him and that they thought uh, that his wages are too too high and then he's getting old but now they are going to recruit or transfer in aguero same age similar wages does a... anyone like that does anyone like that transfer give me one person who likes it because like yeah, honestly what is happening I... there does atleti does aguero and messi combination work i don't think it does like it, it didn't work for argentina ever yeah. like when did like argentina were world cup finalists let's give them that but like that combination has and even then higuain was starting with quite a lot of those games yeah like, he did aguero was on the bench then so mm-hmm. i don't get that like like barcelona's recruitment strategy is completely beyond me like like i i understand selling suarez i i agreed with that but why would why, why is that why is that why is that well he you you gave the reasons he's old and he's on high wages and barcelona have a problem with the amount of money that's coming into the club yeah but Sell he literally won he literally won atletico the title yeah no i know i'm not saying yeah. selling suarez was not uh, i'm saying se- selling suarez was the right decision selling mm-hmm. him to atletico was absolutely stupid like you could have sold him somewhere else yeah it's not a lot of money that they were asking for they just wanted him off the books he could yeah. have gone anywhere else why yeah. did you have to send him to atletico like that's what the problem was selling him was the right decision selling him to atletico was absolutely bonkers like it made no sense all right uh so what's how how is it going to be looking apart from the weather in catalonia how is it going to be looking for the football club of barcelona this summer uh, because they already have like they want to offload a lot of players and again reverse the philosophy of buying older players how 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 is that making sense and especially with so much confusion and uncertain or rather uncertainty about 
the future mm. of Messi. Does he want to stay? I mean, why would he want to stay? And even well, I think Aguero is brought in only to make sure that Messi stays. I think Messi is going to stay. I don't think that's the Messi transfer saga is happening this summer. Mm-hmm. They looked really good in the second half of the season. Let's be honest; like they were rolling teams in La Liga. Like yeah. they're yeah. not a Champions League team. Let's let's mm-hmm. just get that out of the way. They're not yeah. built to even come close to winning the Champions League. But they can do well in leagues where the quality of the players is not the same. You just have to find a rhythm and find momentum. And Messi does quite a lot of the work for you in leagues. So yeah, yeah. yeah so they're 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 okay for La Liga, but uh, Champions League they need to. They need to, they need to rebuild this. Like they have to. First of all, they have to get, like Coutinho. They need to get out and these. Like I think uh, Griezmann doesn't have a lot of value. So I think they, they'll have to. Honestly, if they want to really get into a rebuild, they'll have to sell off a couple of players they don't want to this summer. I mean, Griezmann left because you need he wanted, to generate money. Griezmann left because he wanted to win titles. He thought he'll win two in two years, but the last two years, Real and Atleti have won. Wow, that's that's a slap yeah. on the face. Well, I I am not a fan of Antoine Griezmann. Like he's, uh, like as a player, he's good. But the problem is that he he's 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 got that side sideshow problem that Pogba has. Mm-hmm. Like he creates such a side uh, creates such a sideshow around him, and uh, it's uh, it's he distracts from his objectives. Like your objective is to win on the pitch. I don't give a fuck about your documentary deciding your decision. You're not LeBron James, and LeBron James was so badly screwed over the decision. Did he not even watch what happened? Yeah. Like. I I didn't watch it at the time. Obviously, in two thousand ten, I was not following it. But LeBron got so much shit for the decision, and then then he doesn't does the exact same marketing strategy. And what else were you expecting? You were going to get shit on for that. So yeah. that that attitude and that idea and that some he's got a bit of a, a superiority complex problem. Like he thinks of himself as some sort of savior or something. There is some attitude issue with Antoine Griezmann that I'm not a fan of. Yeah, I mean, as a, I mean, you've mentioned this and. Until today, I have not thought of of him as a brand. I I felt that he should have won the Ballon d'Or in sixteen for for all the different like the contributions that he made and mm. yeah, finals of the Euros. I mean, runners of Euros, finals uh, winner of the European uh, Europa League. So he was there and thereabouts. So, but mm. yeah, but for you to say that he's he was trying to sell himself as a brand, I mean, so far. If he was trying to do that, then clearly his marketing strategy has not worked because it's until today I've, I had no idea that that's what he was trying to do. So yeah, like the, the Netflix documentary the... and all those things were exactly for that purpose. Like I'm, I'm not even like I'm not even making this up or thinking it's an opinion-based idea. That's what yeah. he was doing. That's what the objective of that was. So I don't know. I don't get it. Like I, I, and he's not that popular. Also, like. Yeah. Look at the other guy who did this first. Who was the who blazed that path? It was the guy who was chosen when he was 16 years old to be the future of the NBA. That's mm-hmm. LeBron fucking James you're talking about. Yeah. He, the marketing like the whole thing around the decision started in 2008 when it was supposed to happen in 2010. Mm-hmm. The market swirl around him happened before James made that marketing machine. Yeah. That was already in motion when James got on board. Mm-hmm. the idea that antoine griezmann has that kind of gravity in world football like if neymar had done something like that i would have still understood because neymar has a very big gravity like even yeah. i am not fan of his off field antics mm-hmm. celebrating his sister's birthday as if it's the birth of christ and uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's stupid like 
I would have gotten if Neymar did it, but Antoine Griezmann not buying it at all, at all. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, since we are in Spain, I, I I quickly want to touch upon is or has this been the redemption that Una Emery was looking for? Europa well, the League Europa League final is big. Yeah. Well, the fact they threw out Arsenal is redemption enough, isn't it? And he was, he must have loved it. So, because uh, I had thoughts on Una Emery as well. Uh, honestly, he was given a bad shift by the media, like and and football Twitter and all the shit that he was given for not being able to speak English well yeah. enough. Like, come and on, man! This that's is the, first, this, this that's is not the, his first language. This is the egoistic problem that. That, that you see that's a british problem that's a huge yeah. british problem the, the fact that you are the most illiterate population because you're the only one who speaks one language around one language, you yeah like, yeah yeah and then you the other person who's learning a second language first of all he's doing something you've never done as a country he's coming in and doing that and trying to engage like there are problems he lost the dressing room that's a fact but he yeah. was always given a short shift by the media and he was not given his due and I think Yuna Emery should be should be a pissed about it. He should have an ego about it, and he should be like, "Fuck the English." He should have that attitude. Yeah. Fuck the English is a very common saying where I live. Like the Irish hate the English, and mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with them because yeah. there is a bit there is an attitude problem that the British have in general. And Yuna Emery is a pretty good example of how badly they can treat you as a media and as a country. Yeah, this guy is a three-time Europa League champion. He's won titles. In Russia, he's won titles. In France, he's won titles. In in Spain, and how does it how does it possibly go wrong if you go to England when you have such a such a glittering CV? Well, the pressure, the media, who just don't want to accept, and are still, yeah, they they they, they can't did, accept. They tried the same thing with Guardiola. They were trying to question Guardiola as if he was some like i don't know there's an attitude in quite a lot of british especially the tabloid part like the sun and all these guys like they want to they, they want to make a caricature out of the guy like yeah. unai emery was basically a caricature like everything i remember from his time as arsenal was he was some bumbling idiot who had not even seen a football pitch before coming to arsenal they were treating him like ted lasso or something like that like i mean what what the hell are we doing here mm-hmm. and i realized these things recently and that is why i'm so pissed about it because like i was listening to some interview of some guy who interviewed him in spanish okay yeah. and he was talking about how articulate and how smart this man is the only problem was that he was not a native english speaker yeah and then you're sitting there wondering like like well, yeah, look at bielsa like bielsa good thing bielsa didn't come in like 10 years ago because they would he would have been laughed out of the room because he did not first of all he did not really learn english Yeah. He knows a lot more English than he pretends he does. That's a fact, and that's no, all I mean, purpose. I understand why he does that. No, it's 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 not it's it's not even about being like doing not doing it on purpose. It's it's you know like showing authority. I don't give a fuck. Like it's it's the English league. Yeah, I'm gonna talk in my native language, and I will yeah, be fucking yeah. using a translator. You, yes, exactly. Yeah, you give me 15 minutes of your time for the fucking interview because I have all the time in the world. for my translator to translate uh, for me and yeah so i'm i'm taking no shit from you guys so good on him man and i think at this point in time he commands that respect and bl size is i'm i'm taking no shit kind of personality yeah yeah and and there was a lot of support for bielsa already when he was there because quite a lot of people like like we've heard a lot from pep and pochettino and these guys about what bielsa means and and then there was a lot of support in english journalism also with guys like jonathan wilson and these guys they were always pausing bielsa as uh, as the brilliant man that he is 
and uh, i think the fact that he took the translator thing and uh, like that badass attitude that you're talking about that was very important and i think he did his research on it because they were talking about it in the documentary if you remember they talk about the fact that he reads a lot of english papers before coming in and deciding on taking the leads job yeah. so i think he observes these things he observed how leads as a city worked he observed how the media worked and how the pressure and of the job will work and he analyzed those kinds of things mm-hmm. before making those kinds of decisions i think that is why bielsa was avoiding england and that is why he took this particular job in england because yeah. he understood that he will always have the upper hand over the press yeah. and that's let's, what has happened yeah let's let's keep bielsa for for the next episode all right that was that was the review we are going to be back soon uh, yeah. until then like i always say stay safe take care of your loved ones Peace out.